0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network
1: when you talk about people that you don't know Jack, 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 jack,
2: all the time you so hard, you won't pay me no talk the baby, talk all the time talk, talk, talk. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Live podcast Apologies again, it's been a little bit of a break between this one and the last one um, Sorry, we did have an international break and you know People being available and people being ill and just life getting in the way. Anyway, we're back. We're back to talk to you about lots and lots and lots of stuff, uh, because lots has happened since the last time we all spoke to you. I have my regular contributors, Molly and Randy, on this latest edition. Welcome aboard, ladies. How are we? How are you, Molly?
0: Good, thank you.
2: Excellent. And how are you, Randy?
0: I'm fine hanging in there in
2: these Christmas <laughs> and winter times <laughs> yes yeah we're on we're on the final run in towards Christmas, which is always an interesting time of year as well, anyway, so we have an awful lot to talk about in terms of what's been going with our on with our beloved l f c so um Randy, let's start with you and the most recent game then um our, comfortable, and I do say that in a slightly surprised tone of voice, 3-0 <laughs> victory um, against Bournemouth. Uh, for the first time in a long time, I think people could actually relax watching that game. Uh, what What were your thoughts?
0: Well, exactly that. I think that's the most important takeaway from that game. The fact that I was not being nervous rest. Uh I was not being angry half of the time for watching that match. So it was very pleasant. I thought uh for once. And uh, I must admit I was a bit scared beforehand when I saw Trent was not playing because mm. let's face it, I mean he's so important to our team now. Uh and I thought when Gormons started in the way that we've seen before, like he tries to be Trent and is definitely not. Uh, I thought, oh no, uh, but then of course, the front and the midfield and everything else with Cater specifically, um, at front foot there, sort of took the whole, uh, focus away from that side of the game. And obviously when Trent came on, you could see what, how important he is and how that sort of changed the game. And I was so happy about Cater. Starting and also the fact that he had such a contribution to the whole thing. I mean, both scoring and uh, setting up Salah, which was uh, wonderful. So, as an overall, so so happy. And you, you forget, you can't forget about the uh, first um, Premier League uh, game of Jones as well. I thought that was so nice to see, uh, and of course the clean sheet, hooray! When was the last time? A <laughs> uh, while. I'm thinking it
2: might have been Burnley, but I'm not a hundred percent sure uh, because we've had so few of them this season, yeah. so, so I don't actually know. Um, Molly, seeing seeing Cater on the pitch um, and you know playing well and contributing, I think you know we've all been we've all been waiting and hoping that we're going to see the the player that we believe we bought. Um, Is this another false dawn, or do you think we're 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 going to start to see him feature more in the coming weeks?
1: I think we certainly will in the coming weeks because of the intense fixtures that we have. Um, And obviously with our, our splitting into two teams, um in the next couple of weeks. Um for the for the two cups that we're in, I certainly think we will definitely see a lot more Kate, which is a really good thing. Um and and it's great to see him. And it's great to see him smiling and scoring and playing so well because there's been, you know, quite a lot of rumours about him being unhappy, um, because he's not playing and actually I don't I don't know how true that is. I think I think Cloth is obviously being cautious and tactical as he is and has, I suppose we've really, really come to trust him with that and I think I think Hater certainly will feature a lot more, certainly in the next month and definitely for the rest of the season as well because there is going to be heavy rotation and it squad depth is something we've suffered for for years and years now and we are starting to build up that squad depth and with Fabino out as well um it's great to see him back, and he definitely, definitely will be featuring more for the last especially yeah, the next four weeks certainly.
2: I was I was uh, particularly struck by the the link-up play between him and Salah. Um, one is assuming that he's been doing really well in training over the last few weeks because I I remember uh, I think Klopp was saying either before or after the Derby that you know he made five changes and he wasn't brave enough to make six um and that sixth one would have been put in cater in the team so i i thought that that potentially augurs really quite well for the future they seem to have a good understanding between the two of them i was also really pleased to see oxley chamberlain um him sort of playing at the you know the Playing up front in that front three, but also scoring as well. I mean, we seem to be making a habit, don't we? More recently, in terms of these, you know, balls over the top that are just taking everybody (laughs) out of the out of the equation and just, um, you know, landing landing on the the player's foot and they're they're just, you know, belting it into the net. Um, So I thought that was. I thought that was great. Everybody seems to want to show that they can do a seventy-yard pass straight, <laughs> onto, straight onto a striker's foot at the moment. Um, one of the other things, and and you did mention him, Randy, when when we were talking earlier, with you know Gomez starting at right back. Obviously, when um, Lovren went off with cramp whatever it was, um, and you played him in his. Natural position at centre back. I thought he was excellent, and you know I don't don't want Lovren to be injured because with Matip out, with Fabino out, who would be another one of the players we would use at centre back? We are short. I guess you could maybe put Henderson there or something, but actually we, you know, we're running a bit short at centre back. But after the roasting he got um, when we played. When we thought, was it Napoli? I think he played. Yeah. Um, and he played at right back. And he and he did have a poor game, but I just thought he looked so comfortable and so much better playing in his natural position. And I know he will he will play in whatever position Klopp asks him to for the you know for the good of the team. But you can see that's what he is. He's a centre back basically. Um. Yeah. And I thought he did very well alongside Van Dyke.
0: It was very good to see, wasn't it? Because now he actually looked like he used to be a, a year or two ago before he was injured. He, he was, I thought he was marvelous when he played his his position, because I think that's what it is. And hopefully it's going to be in the future. He was uh, absolutely wonderful. I mean, all his head is, he, he stopped people, he chased them, he dribbled them. He could suddenly do everything. And I was so happy to see that because as you said, I mean, Logan has been amazing as well. I mean, he's been his best self, I think, uh, under the clock, but, uh, you never know. So we definitely need uh, more of these days and hopefully Gorman's Batman can do a, a good job as he did the other day, uh, where he should be uh, in the center, in the back.
2: Polly, did you re- see this weird Stat, I think, on social media saying that in all the time we've had Lovren, he's he's never managed to play seven consecutive games for us
0: or something. I, I
1: saw the stat, but I wasn't, I haven't like checked out anything. <laughs> no, uh, I, I did hear a rumor that Lovren went off early to set up the changing room with balloons for Salah's assist of the season. <laughs> So I don't know how true that is. Whether that's what actually what happened or...
0: What? I
2: don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. They are, they are besties. He, he'd have to mark it. He'd have to mark it somewhere, wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's... Uh, that's I, don't, I don't know. I haven't checked the veracity of it either. I haven't. It is, is that,
1: one, isn't it? It is a weird one. Um, like, is that leak? It's seven doesn't seem like a big number for us, like a centre back to. No. Do you know, what I mean, to, to that I'm not sure of. I, as I say, I did see the statistic, but I, like you, I did question it. I wasn't, I wasn't sure how true that was. He's never played seven consecutive games. It doesn't seem, doesn't seem enough.
2: No, I know. But but the other thing that that struck me was it. It felt more like some of the games last season when we were so much more in control. In that you know we didn't we didn't allow Bournemouth a shot on target, Um, and I fully appreciate you know they're having a little bit of a mini injury crisis themselves, but you can only play the team that's put in front of you. So it was it was incredibly enjoyable Um, from my point of view. I didn't see the game until later on because I was um, I was out with with friends yesterday. We had our sort of football group who we go to. We had our sort of Christmas day out, and because none of us were going to Bournemouth away, and because the ground's so small, we don't qualify for tickets, even among the guys who go to most of the away games. Um, we just said, oh, we would have a day out. So we went to Chester, which was nice. Um, and, and we were sat in a, in a pub with Sky Sports, you know, score on in the background. And every so often one of us would go, oh, we've scored again. So, so it was a different way to watch the game. <laughs> And, and we had no idea how we were playing at that point. We could obviously see it went one nil, then it went two nil, etc. Um, so actually, when I when I got a chance to watch it and and you know go through in detail, that was that was a pleasant surprise, I have to say. Um, but this was a second game in what's going to be an incredibly intense um, December, and the, the first game um, in December obviously was was the derby. So. Molly, I'm gonna start with you.
0: is <laughs> <laughs> <Why's>
2: that? <laughs> <laughs> on the basis that, that that you you and your husband um split you know, split on colour lines uh in, yeah. in terms of the derby. So so how was it for you?
1: I well, here it kicked off at eleven fifteen at night. So oh. I I stayed up to watch it and Jack didn't stay up to watch it because he had to get up at four the next morning. Oh. Um morning. So yeah. Um, so, I did stay up to watch it too, which luckily it was just me. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that was still not as nervy as some of the games, but still, because obviously we, we let to win. Um I don't think it was really until the the second half that I started to feel comfortable. But I mean generally speaking with the derby never ever feel comfortable. Um and but it was a beautiful game, wasn't it? And it was really nice to have an exciting derby as well. Um maybe obviously not be wearing a blue, but for, for me, you know, six six goals in the first half, like to actually have a really, really exciting derby. Um and I think did we score? You know, we had five shots on target. I think we scored. You know, all of our shots on target. Um, yeah, yeah, we and did. some beautiful goals as well. And you know, no yeah. Allison. If it being on as um, you know Salah for me on the bench, like I, I thought that was incredible. And I think this is obviously where his kind of clocks kind of kick started that rotation because of the intense December that we've got. But actually, you know, to see Origi, um, uh, loves the Derby goal, Shikiri, to, you know, Shikiri <laughs> coming back, you know, and Mane, I thought was absolutely incredible that game as well. And, you know, to kind of say, Oh, actually, we did without Alisson for being a salary for me, you know, I thought it was incredible. I thought it it really was a testament to the team and a testament to the club because it wasn't a hang on game either. Like we did. We did batter them. And it was excellent.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like, were you were you cheering silently then?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah I well, was. 'Cause we it's it's difficult as well. We live in an apartment block so there are a lot of people around and we all yeah. go up at five AM. So I'd have been really, really unpopular if I'd have just been <laughs> screaming around the flat. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It was just it was so. I know that quite a few people had raised eyebrows when the squad was announced, when the team that he picked. Um, and I expected some changes because you just sort of well, you can't keep rinsing the same players over and over. Um, but uh, you know, there were a couple of me saying to me, a couple of people saying to me, "Cott's just taking the piss out of Everton now." <laughs> 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 I like think if if he's going to uh, you know he's gonna put that side out but like you say, Shakiri, you know, big div who loves loves a derby goal. Um but I just thought the overall performance was so good. Um I don't know, what was your Randy, what was your favourite moment of the Derby?
0: All the goals were absolutely beauties. They were standards and the way I think maybe even uh, I'm kind of mixing the last match and um, the Everton match now a bit, but so I think because on beforehand I was so negative negative when I saw that lineup, I thought, you know, this is not going to be a nightmare. Of course, Origi is going to score a goal or two, but the rest, how are we going to play? How is it going to be set up? Who's going to play where? I was really confused. And then, uh, I think Marmaid, the man of the match, uh, Every other touch he had that was one of my favorites of that game because he was absolutely brilliant. And I, I can't sort of differ the goals either because uh, I think maybe Origi's first. Uh, none of them were easy goals, none of them were obvious goals and really difficult, but it looks so, so easy when he does it. So it has to be Origi for me, even though Mane was my man of the match. So for the goals. Already
2: stunning. <laughs> I do think that it was, uh, it was uh, the bit that the bit that I wasn't happy about. To your earlier point, Molly was letting in two goals. I think we could have defended both of them better. But the fact that we were just so clinical, I love that. I mean, Mane was practically unplayable in the first half. Um, Origi's second goal was oh, no. just something mm. absolutely stunning. To so, for so the way that he followed the trajectory of the ball, um, to the, to the cushioning as he took it on, on his foot and then almost in one movement to just turn round and lob it over Pickford was just beautiful. Um,
1: My, um I did. I mean, I'll call it,
2: I'll call it a discussion.
1: With a fan, not my husband.
2: Okay.
1: Um, and he said that he blames Pickford for that goal? Because he was like, "Oh, he should have come out at a reggie, or he should have done this, this." And I was like, "Mate, nah, nah,
0: nothing, <laughs> nah. nothing and, and was I stopping
1: felt- that that piece of." I- artistic yeah. beauty that happens. <laughs> and <laughs> and even
2: it's true. And even if he had come out, his his arms aren't long enough, so it would have made no difference.
1: Did you see did you see the celebration of the fella in yeah. the, yeah. the <laughs> yeah. With his short arm. Yeah. Oh, oh, I think hilarious.
0: that might
1: be You've just served like what's your favourite part of the match? Either that or <laughs> Robbo just <laughs> causing shit and laughing in people's faces.
2: Yeah.
1: I don't know which was my favourite.
2: <laughs> no. So, so let's, let's have a little, let's have a little chat about that actually because I think for the first time in a long time, we've got a, a couple of players in our side now who have got a little bit of nastiness about them or a little bit of you know, you want to call it shit snideness, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Um, Bit of an Yeah, I think we've been missing. Right, I think we've been missing since we had uh Didi Haman in the side and and a few other people who. You Masher, I was just yeah. About to
1: say he's
2: <clears throat> been yeah. In the mind. Yeah, right. You know, the people who have the slide dig, the people who, who you know have the sort of hidden tug on the show. All all of those sorts of. Things, but but Andy Robertson, oh my God, I I know that if I was the opposing, I was an opposing fan or opposing player, I'd just want to punch him in the face. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> he does he it. And then he does, shit, does he? he does not give a shit. The only one I I will take umbrage at for with him is the Napoli one, which was utterly pointless and was wasting time when maybe we could have been trying to find a winner. But but I completely, I love the fact that we've got a couple of players who are willing to, you know, go and have a little dig. What's, uh, (laughs) I don't know, I don't, it seems to be something that's come out. Do you not think over the last sort of year with him? I don't necessarily Notice it so much before last season.
1: Do you think it's just a confidence thing as well? Like,
0: yeah,
1: like when he first came to Liverpool, like was he ever in anyone's eyes, including his own going to become the first choice, like mm. guaranteed player on the team sheet? And now he is, and um, you know he's, you know he's playing with incredible players. He's got this mental assist record, and there's obviously this kind of little bit of competition with him and Trent, like. He's not just in the team because he is you know, because he's kinda of there. He's in the team because he's making vital contributions every single game and he's popular with the fans as well. He's obviously popular in his team and all that must just build your confidence so much that we're just like really visually seeing it on the pitch as well, not just with his skill set, but with him being an ob <laughs>
2: Yeah maybe maybe confident you, you get confidence you, you become a novice. <laughs> but I do, I love it. I I love to see it. I I suspect it started uh well not started but probably the the best manifestation I can uh I can come up with was that um shaking Messi's head. <laughs> yeah in the in the second leg last season you're just thinking hmm that's that's brave. <laughs> i mean i loved it but you were just like okay need to back this up and and we did and maybe that's also part of it is that along with your point about confidence he knows he can back it up so you know if he if he you know if he has a you know as a sly sort of elbow or he pushes somebody into the hoardings or whatever um and he's loving it that's the other thing that comes across it kind of oozes out of his pores he's just loving life at the moment every time he's on the pitch and that's infectious as well so yeah long long live long live robbo and his shit I <laughs> um so we we obviously have uh 20 years now of um beating everton in the derby and indeed just Just one other small bit that I saw on social media Which actually really made me laugh I can't remember who it was who posted it So sorry I can't give you credit But somebody actually posted it Do you realise there are teenagers alive now In Liverpool who've never seen Everton (laughs) beat Liverpool (laughs) I just thought that's genius (laughs) It's 20 years So... (laughs) There's a whole generation of teenagers who don't even know that that that's a possibility. Oh God, that made me laugh. It really did make me laugh. Anyway, uh, just moving on, moving on slightly from that. So we've, you know, we've got, we've got the derby out the way. Lovely win. Beat Bournemouth. Nice, comfortable win. Another bit of squad rotation. We're now off to Austria, uh, on Tuesday to play Salzburg. Which obviously isn't, ideally we were hoping to go there with a the dead rubber, but it's not a dead rubber because we don't do things the easy way. Uh, so, uh, Randy, what, what are you expecting on Tuesday then?
0: Uh, I really hope that we learned from when they visited us because I think we were a bit arrogant that time. I think we didn't sort of give them enough uh, credit. And uh, you can see that match going all over the place. Um, so we should be respectful because they are not. They definitely don't respect us. They think they to be able to go out there and run us over and score loads of goals. And they you know, they've proved it. They can do it. And they're young. And young people tend to be a bit, I don't know, arrogant. And in this way, actually going to help them. So, if we respect them, if we got no new injuries, we don't have to... I mean, we can put our strongest team out there, which at the moment is a bit... I don't know. There are so many. But I think we have a good chance if we give them a lot of respect. And I definitely... I really hope the team thinks as I do. I definitely don't want to play with the league after Christmas. I mean... Just get through this uh, and get to the next stage because our priorities should be elsewhere anyway. But I'm definitely not playing Euro League. So we got a chance, we're just gonna have to respect them. So I think. Uh,
2: so I think first and foremost, you know, we did an equivalent last season. We went into the final game having to beat Napoli in order to go through. Um, We come into this final group game We have to get something Against Salzburg As long as we don't lose We will go through If we win We're group winners If we draw And Napoli get a result against Genk They're group winners And then I think there's some I don't know Some bizarre sort of combination Where if we lose, but we lose 5-4 or something, then we could still go through depending on the Napoli result or something. But the simplest thing is if we win, we're through. Yeah. Um, Molly, when, when you, you know, when you look at the, you know, when you look at the Salzburg team and, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe I'll use a slightly different word than Randy used. So not arrogance, but I think fearlessness. Because they're they're kind of you know, they're 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 young, you know, you know, they're up and coming, um, they're scoring goals, you know, they're scoring quite a lot of goals at the moment. I think they've been drawing their last few games, but even so, I think that's the word I would use, fearlessness. Um where do you where do you see the the game potentially, you know, being won or lost for us then? When we go, when we go out
1: to the. I kind of, I mean, I do, I do think it's in our, our hands. I mean, I did, I didn't watch the game because it was on really late. So I'm really excited because it's the early kickoff. So I can watch it and then function the next day. Right.
2: It's five Um, to six job, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Okay. It's about five to nine for me. So it's perfect time. Uh, But yeah, so I kind of, I was, I was kind of looking at, um, like, Obviously, like the read-ups and highlights and stuff. And so, like, we had 70% possession, but both teams had 10 shots, 10 shots, and both teams had five shots on target. And it's just like, how do you allow a team with 30% possession to your 70% possession to have the same amount of shots and shots on target? And so, I think, you know, and what, you know, we've got to remember as well is obviously they can do that. They're at home. And if they win, they go through. And so don't think it's going to be a walk in the park by any stretch, even with the confidence that we picked up from the derby and the confidence that we potentially picked up in Bournemouth. That's all fantastic. And I think, you know, we can switch it up. And I think there are players, you know, like Keita, like Ox and like uh, Shaqiri that haven't been playing and that are really up for it and are still you know, are potentially like seeing this really dense time to really come out and prove themselves and and get some goals in the bag and that's all really, really positive. And that's something um that certainly swings in our favour. But um I think we've got to be careful. They I think they won something like five one yesterday. I'm not really sure who it's against. But mm. you know, they lost us coming loads of goals and so we've got to be like, apt. I know, you know, maybe that's why, uh, some people arrested yesterday, but I would, I would say certainly I'm glad, you know, Gomez is back and, and Virgil and Dyke is, is playing and Allison is, is there as well. Um, because I think, you know, that really is good. We know we can score goals and we can score goals against Salzburg as well, but yeah. we can't let them score.
2: <laughs> no, I think what, well, what we can't afford to do necessarily is get involved in a shootout. I think as far as possible as we can, we need to try and control the game. As we pretty much controlled it in the first half against them when we played them at Anfield. And it was only, I don't know whether we got comfortable, complacent. Um, I know we kind of all saw that half time team talk where we just basically, you know, the manager just kind of said, well, you know, may as well just go out and have a you know have a go at them. Um And I suspect it won't be that different a philosophy. But I don't think we can afford to get drawn into that because whilst we might outscore them, I don't think it does a huge amount for our confidence that we end up, you know, winning a game 6-4 or 7-5 or something. As, as boring as it sounds, I'd quite like to build on the clean sheets. I don't think it will be a clean okay. sheet, but I'd love to build... I'd love to build on that clean sheet and, you know, have a 1-0 or a 2-0 or something like that. But they have, you know, they've got weapons and we and we saw them, you know, they have the uh, Harland phenomena, don't they? So, um as well as, is it the really tall guy whose name I've forgotten also plays for them? Have I got that right? Was that the bloke for Genk? Maybe I've confused it. Yeah,
0: uh, There's
2: this, was it got the, the Genk guy? I mean, no. Hmm, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, regardless, they have weapons, um, which they can deploy against us. So yeah, I would like to avoid us getting into a shootout and have a nice, controlled, focused Champions League performance and a nice 2-0 win. That would be, that would be delightful. But knowing Liverpool, it will be something like a 5-4 or a (laughs) 3-2, something. And we'd just be there shitting our pants with like, you know, as it goes into injury time. So <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, ten a lady at the ready or whatever it
0: might
2: be uh, for, for Tuesday night. Um, but fingers crossed we we go through. You know, I want I want us to at least have a fighting chance in the new year defending, defending our title, defending our position as champions of Europe. Oh, but did we imagine on the 8th of December or whatever date it is, we would be sitting at the top of the league with a 14 points lead over Manchester City. Um, I know it's only eight against Leicester and, you know, as we're recording this, Leicester are uh, now battering Aston Villa 4-1. So sorry, spoiler alert if anybody, uh, listens to this and and was saving their, saving their playback for Monday night or whenever this, (laughs) this version goes out. Uh, but yes, um, it is 4-1 to Leicester at the moment. So we've got an eight point lead over Leicester, but a 14 point lead over Manchester City. And I know, um, Jurgen Klopp sort of said, you know, if you finish above City you you're probably doing quite well. I certainly wasn't necessarily expecting Leicester to be what looks like at the moment our closest rival. Um well, Molly, what do you what do you think's going on at City then? I mean they obviously lost the Derby yesterday. Um we beat them. You know, they've lost as many games now, as they did in the whole of last season, so I don't know. I, I I'm interested in what people think is because it's not like they're a terrible team, but they're certainly not playing at the levels they were playing at last season. What is there anything particular thing, or do you think there's a combination of things that's behind that at the moment?
1: Go ahead. I'm not sure. I mean, they're blaming injuries left, right, and centre, but I just don't think when you've got a team like City and the squad depth that they have, that actually that is fair. I think you've just got to like pull your socks up. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> in, in in football, pe- people get injured, and you know the teams they put out every week are yeah. insane, and the bench is always insane. So you know that they're, they're saying injuries, but I don't buy that at all. I think. I don't know whether it's got something to do with Pep. Like, he's just, he's currently a walking gif. (laughs) Like, he just does that, like, he seems to, and passion is great, and that's one of the reasons that we love Klopp, is that passion. And I, I, you know, I would never want to see that go out of managers ever. But he is losing his marbles. And I know, like, there's the joke, (laughs) <laughs> like, there's always a joke about, like, we're living rent-free. He does bring Liverpool up all the time. And if your manager isn't showing... Like, he's... Did he make a comment about, like, it's like Liverpool's league or something a few weeks ago? Like, if that's coming from your manager, like, as a player, how do you react to that? And so I think, like, a little bit of maybe their confidence has gone or... They just haven't got that mentality maybe I don't know I, I don't like I couldn't put my finger on it really it, it's, it's a really tricky one because as I say when you see the team sheet when you see the, the quality that they have they should be smashing it they shouldn't be 14 points behind Um, but like Pep is like borderline Mourinho at this stage Mm. Like he, even yesterday, I don't know if you watched the Manchester Derby yesterday, but mm. like the, he was talking to the fourth official, and a, like his like ah like eyeballs look like he would they were about to just ping out his face. Like he <laughs> he is just like seems to just be losing the plot a little bit, and it's not as I say, it's not this angry passion that you would get from certain managers. It is like. Lunacy sometimes, <laughs> yeah. and I don't know if I'm being a little bit unfair there, but I watch PEP and think you've gone, you've gone mad, you've <laughs> yeah. you've lost your marbles a little bit. I
2: think, um, I, I think it's interesting because we're in that kind of we're in the fourth season, um, with him and. I wonder if there's, so one of the things I think potentially he and Mourinho have in common is almost that kind of final season syndrome. Um, So I think, you know, he did, you know, three, three and a half years with Barcelona and he did three years with Bayern Munich and now he's done three years with City. And I wonder if there is a, whether there's something about a natural cycle starting starting to manifest itself. You know, as much as they've spent, right, and they have spent a lot, the, you know, and you sort of think, oh, well, you know, I have to take off, you know, Zichenko and I have to bring on Angelina or something, and you're going, well, one's a 50 million fullback and one's a 60 million fullback or whatever, so... You know, it's, it's hardly like you're shortchanging yourself, but I think in some of those critical areas, um, so David Silver, uh, who I think has, has been an absolute phenomenal player for them and actually one of my favorite city players. You know, he's announced he's going at the end of the season. I, I think you are beginning to see the the sort of slight degradation of his talents. That doesn't mean he's not still a fantastic player, but I think he's probably not where he was. Um I also think that they do miss Aguero. When he you know, I don't know how bad the injury is that Aguero's got, but I think there is there is something diminished about them not having Aguero in their in their front three. And I think that they made a, a rookie error by not replacing Vincent company. Um, and I think they don't, they do not have a commanding centre back. The, The, to me, it speaks volumes that he continues to play Fernandinho there. Um, you know, he was playing him in place of Otamendi, who is a specialist centre back. So, you know, that, with all of the money they spent, I, I, I don't think they spent it, a, a big chunk of it on the right thing. And I'm not saying it's necessarily easy to find, uh, some of the best, you know, like a really, really good centre back, but it, it's such a fundamental position in terms of giving you the, the, the platform in which to go and play the football they want to play. I'm just, really surprised they didn't replace company I mean I'm I'm delighted they are where they are obviously and long may this malaise <laughs> last uh, but I but I do uh, for, for somebody who's supposed to be so focused and so into the detail and so you know uh, you know looks at long term and prepping and this that and the other it just seems a bit of a rookie error to me I mean, Randy, if you were if you were Pep Guardiola, what what would your next move be? You, you know, you've just lost the derby. Um What would what would you want to do in order to get a reaction?
0: I think first of all, I've had to stop that poison uh, child strategy that he's using. He's doing tantrums. He's acting. Absolutely, I mean no wonder you think he he's lost it. I mean he he's behaving like a three year old. I think that has to stop. It doesn't do any his team any good. And you know what actually he said the other day, he had a sip of the tongue. he called City, his own team, for Bayern. I mean it's true, he, he actually did that. He called them he called them, them Bayern. He called his own team, he was gonna say City or my team and he said Bayern. So he he must be absolutely out of this. If I was him, I would go to my shrink, my psychologist, and say, Can you sort me out, please? And then I would go to my team and behave a bit more like Clock, you know, being a bit more down to earth and of course giving them this might seem impossible, but because it's you. That strategy, not the one that the whole fucking world is against it, and you know, Liverpool is doing this and Liverpool is doing that. <laughs> I mean, you have to pull yourself together for well, uh, so I think he's also using the PL, um, the position in the Premier League as a um, little focus to take the focus away from what they really want this year. They really need the uh, Champions League. So maybe this sort of adds up in a way. I don't know. Uh, title show, but, but he has to do something differently because uh, all the players can't pull this out on their own
2: well it's quite it's quite interesting because there was obviously that film of when they were at the i don't know was it coach some sort of coach conference or something but both he and Klopp were doing speeches um and they were they were talking about stuff and and i th- i actually thought they both came across reasonably well considering um and yeah you they know, did. And Klopp was sort of saying, oh, yeah, you know, when the company scored that goal in order against Leicester, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, Guardiola sort of saying, well, you know, maybe we could do a swap with our trophies because, you yeah. know, I know he'd, he'd really like the Premier League and I'd really like the Champions League. So I think, so one would hope, you know, away from what we see in terms of that pressurised environment on the sideline, that, you know, he's a, he's a decent human being. But, uh, to play devil's advocate, um, you look at Mourinho, uh, who who we welcome back into the Premier League. Yeah, but you but you look at Mourinho, and and one of his greatest weapons was the ability to have an us and them, and to you know to have this siege mentality with his teams, which is you know everybody hates us, and we need to go and prove to everybody, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera.
1: So, well I think with that Sorry just yeah. with that like, I think with Marina it was always very Calculated mm. And it was that was like That was a tactic that he used Whereas with Pep like you say When he's giving a speech in this kind of Really calm environment uh, And he's having like a good Banter with Klopp, Like he's coming across as kind of the Pep That we know that he is But He just doesn't really seem to be coping. And maybe, you know, I suppose it's like what comes first the chicken or the egg, isn't it? Is he not coping because his team isn't doing what he wants them to be doing? Or is the team not doing what he wants to do because he, you know, is having these kind of, you know... um, Yeah. Because he, so he fits is, on the sideline or whatever, like you want to call it. Do yeah, you know what I mean, I, you know, you don't know, and, and as I say, like, you know, you don't ever want to take the passion out of the game. But if you know, if you if your manager is kind of presenting himself in that way, and he is your leader, are you know, are you going to be able to play to the best
2: of your ability? Yeah, I. It's you know, he has a very intense style. As as Klopp does, but I think they come at it from from sort of quite different positions, and you wonder, you know, which point, at what point rather, do does the does whatever he's saying start to lose its impact? And we may get to, we may get to see the same thing with with Klopp, you know, say so that everybody, you know, everything has its own. um you know, it, its own life um, and potentially, you know, things things run out of impact after a while. I don't know. You come back to the earlier point. Maybe we're starting to see the beginning of the end or the end of the beginning or whatever it is in terms of um Guardiola. And I just thought, Randy, because you said he said Bayern, I just thought that was quite funny only because... um I don't know where I read this, and I think maybe we talked about this before. I'm sure I read something that said his wife had got—they still have a property in Germany, in Munich—and his wife had, had, you know, gone to spend some time there because she really liked it. And I just, it just I thought, oh, that's quite interesting because aren't they still looking for a permanent coach for Bayern Munich? There's a lot of rumours that he might be going back so Hey ho, who knows? Who knows? I'm just, <laughs> I'm just starting more scurrilous rumours now. Um, but, but it's interesting because, you know, I, I don't think any of us thought that currently our biggest rival would be a Brendan Rogers side for the Premier League title. So I think it's going to be an interesting few weeks, particularly as we play, play them on boxing day. So let's just, you know, as we as we you know, we've been chit chatting away, let's let's talk about what's coming up over the next few weeks. So clearly um, we have the um, we have the game against Salzburg which we've talked about. We then have our lunchtime game against Watford, um, before we uh to your point, Molly, before we split ourselves in two and we send our, our academy kids to Villa Park, and then the first team squad go off to Doha. Um And then once we've finished that, and we come back together, then we've got Leicester, I think, on Boxing Day, Wolves on the 29th of December, and then Sheffield United on the 2nd of January, before, thanks to the uh, FA Cup draw gods. We're back (laughs) with another, um, on the first weekend of January. And just to, then just to round it all off, we're on our next weekend. We play Spurs in their new stadium. And then the weekend for that, we host Man United. So in effect, the next six weeks, we pretty much play all of our, Most of our top six rivals As well as three cup competitions Um, So uh, where do you think we'll be When we get to the 20th of January On the basis that we play Man United on the 19th Randy let's start with you
0: Mm. I didn't really think that long far ahead So (laughs) I'm a bit confused now
2: uh, because it's like you said. <laughs> well, why don't, why don't we, why don't we sit with December then? I, I started going into January because I was thinking, oh, you know, you get, get through December and then you can sort of take a big breath. And I went, oh, no, you can't. So anyway, let's, let's just go to, let's just go to the, the first New Year game, which is Sheffield United. So between now and then, we've got, uh, Salzburg, uh, Watford, uh, Villa, Carabao, Two games in the World Club Cup, Leicester City on Boxing Day, Wolves on the 29th and Sheffield United on the 2nd of January.
0: Yeah, I think that Leicester is going to be the most uh, difficult one, but I'm sure that Wolves is not going to help either. So I've got this strange feeling that we're not going to win all the games. I know there's a weird thing to say, but (laughs) I've got this strange feeling that either Leicester or Wolves are going to give us one. So, but we're still gonna be top of the league because Leicester is not gonna take us just with one win if they mm-hmm. win. So we're still gonna be top of the league in January. And, um then I think Tottenham and United is gonna be the other ones. But I actually think United are gonna go, go, we're gonna have a win this time. So it's gonna be Tottenham, Leicester and Wolves so that's gonna give us at least one hit uh on the back of a very very good run i think some on the other hand i think you know going away for this uh, world cup uh, thing over uh in qatar as long as we get through that with no injuries i've got no uh, no feelings about that thing at all you know just go there play there because both the plays and the club and clock and everyone wants to do it. So hopefully that's gonna be a good experience. But remember, any injuries there, it's gonna hmm, not gonna help us. So still top of the league, but we're gonna get a decent. Oh
2: that's disappointing.
0: <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean realistically, there's no one there in December that we can't beat, I think I think splitting ourselves in two which is completely i mean' is that I've never heard of that before um <laughs> like wow, well, we can't organize the games um, and obviously like it's, it's quite a long distance um over to Qatar, so just like simply like the few days and uh, I don't think uh, that's going to help us but you know there's no one there we can't beat and I think that we have just got to stay really positive like we've done we've absolutely smashed it this season but I think the key one is, is obviously like just to state the obvious it's Leicester on Boxing Day and we absolutely yeah. have to get a result off them we can't have them getting three points and um, Whilst we've been talking, I've just had a, uh, a WhatsApp from my cousin who's got me tickets. So um, I'll be going to that game on Watson Day. Oh, so, wow. um, I'll only make it to two games this season and that that's going to be one of them. So we better win. Because wow. I'm only making it to two games. So, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs>
2: um, Talk about picking, picking the right game.
1: I know, it's probably, I mean, it could be like one of the biggest games of our season. I think it's arguably the biggest game of our, after the City game, the biggest game of our season so far. So, Yeah. yeah, good one. Good one to choose. Um, but that's it. And, you know, even if we don't get three points against them, we can't let them get three points. I think that's key. Don't they play City soon?
2: Yes, yeah. yeah, they do. They play City around the same time. Yeah. I will, I will try and look it up in the background. But yeah, they definitely play City in the coming weeks. I um, mean,
1: and that that could change things. That could, um, you know,
2: yeah, make we could it a
1: little bit nicer for us, but
2: we could be in uh, a position of wanting City to win.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Or a very aggressive draw.
0: Yes, a very. Yes, yeah, there be the red
2: <laughs> uh, with, with, with a couple of red cards and a couple of uh, non non life threatening injuries on either side. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, red, so, just a few nickels. Yeah, and a red card <laughs> for
2: Vardy. <laughs> That'll do. Yeah, a red card for Vardy.
0: <laughs> um,
2: red card for Edison. Uh, red card for De Bruyne, red card for Sterling, Schmeichel, uh, Schmeichel and Madison. Absolutely. that, I, I think it would be
0: possible <laughs> <laughs> but,
2: So, what I, what I would hope is, you know, if we look, if we look at what's happened both this season and last season is we seem to, we seem to be able to turn up for the big games. Um, you know, I, I would say probably Man City was our best performance this season. Um, you know, we, we've kind of played well, you know, we haven't played particularly well and yet we have 46 points out of 48. Um, we, we normally play better in the second half of the season, but we do seem to be able to, to perform the way we need to perform against the top team. so I would hope that we would continue to do that particularly uh, I think the Leicester game the Wolves game coming kind of three days after that is a potential banana skin um, but then yeah you get if if we can get past Sheffield United we then have a really interesting run of Everton Spurs Man United back to back of three games and that, I think that could help really define the season because we'll either still be in the FA Cup or we may have a replay or something Um, if we we manage to come through that unscathed and I'm not saying we will win every game but, but as long as we don't lose I genuinely think it could be an amazing rest of the season but It's a, you know, that's like nine games away or something. So let's just, uh, let's just focus on Salzburg, which which is the next one. But do you know what? In the lead up to Christmas, for us to, we know we will be top of the league at Christmas, regardless of the results between now and then. Um, we know that, you know, with the exception of Man United, we basically couldn't have done any better in this First half of the season and fingers crossed we normally do better in the second half of the season than the first half of the season and let's let's hope we keep we keep that going because who knows who knows where it might take us um, yeah I think it's uh, I think it's very very interesting times ahead so, final very quick question before we draw to the close. Randy, are we going to sign anybody in the January transfer window?
0: A very good question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the thing is that everything sort of looks like it now, and I think the way Klopp responds, he always says, I'm not talking about that. And then comes a long explanation. And the last time he was asked, he said, well, of course, I'm not talking about that, but if we need this and we find somebody suitable, we will. We're always looking. Of course we will. And, uh, this time he didn't use the excuse if we get any injuries. He didn't say that. And I've got this strange feeling that this Sancho sunshine 2020 might be something in it. Uh, I'm not sure if it's what we need. Okay. Uh, if, I, if somebody asked me, I would buy uh, back up for Trent, uh, and Robbo. That's my first choices because I think going forward we are looking mm-hmm. quite well. We can either wait until the summer. But, uh, if it is an opportunity now, and it certainly looks like it, um, rumor wise, uh, why not? Go for it. We got the money. Uh, the players want to come to us now. So I actually got a feeling we will. But maybe not
2: the ones I would want to find. But I think we will find them. Okay, so uh, potentially yes, and your choice would be a backup defensively. Uh, Molly, same question to you. Then, are we going to find anybody in January? And if we do, where would your focus be?
1: I think similar to what Randy said. I think possibly defensively, but possibly more central, like more of a centre-back position. I think, you know, with Matip and Gomez and Lovren all seemingly quite injury-prone at the moment, um, I think a kind of, like a solid centre-back wouldn't would go amiss. I mean, I'm I'm like, I've known there's not really been too much rumour um, apart from um the Sancho rumour as as Randy mm. said, there's not been much and I mean that would be a massive sign. That would be huge. Um but to be honest, if we didn't sign anyone in January, I don't think I would be too concerned either.
2: No, I I think I read an article the other day that we're apparently looking at some young Brazilian Called hmm, Evan Nielsen maybe um, Everton? No, Evan Nielsen definitely not Everton. Uh, <laughs> I know, I know there is one called Everton, but no. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it was, I think it was Evan Nielsen, and I think he may play for Flamengo or Fluminese Anyway, regardless. Uh, supposedly we've had sites, scouts there and we're interested and what have you. And he's a sort of cross between, um, a, a Firmino and, uh, uh, a sort of attacking midfield. But, um, again, it's, it's only rumour. I also wouldn't be surprised if we did do some business in January. I, I'm sort of excited if we do because I think we'll be surprised. And that's, uh, and I think that's what, that's the position we are in the club. I think the club can pull something out of their hat now that nobody's expecting. Um, so I, I'm not going so far as to say Mbappé 2020 by the <laughs> way. Um, but, but I uh, gen- genuinely think they might I pull some coup out that none of us saw coming. Um, and it, go on, Randy.
0: Yeah, because it, it's been another rumor as well. The, the Sandro Tonali from uh, Grecia, Italy. Mm-hmm. He's the one that we've been looking at, and he's 19 he's midfield, and he's apparently uh, very, very good. So that's another one. But it's been a bit of, sort of chaser, yeah. Don't don't suppose
2: there's any. Any likelihood that we'll be announcing Koulibaly <laughs> no,
0: <I don't> <laughs>
2: uh to, to give us some uh, some centre back uh, competition, but I, I I do think we need uh, unless they they're really really confident about somebody coming out of the academy, I think we do need to, some some quality backup. The other thing is I don't know whether we're planning to give Milner a new contract, so from the 1st of January, he can start talking to other teams, because he, he's, his contract expires, obviously, at the end of this season. Um, so, is that the point that we think that Gruvkic, or Gruich, uh, comes back from, uh, Hertha Berlin, so he's been online for the last two seasons. Do we see him as slotting in? Um, you know we've got that guy who couldn't get a work permit um alan something you know the i can't even remember his name I'm really sorry Yeah, hey,
0: alan alan a yes
2: so you know it's is he in a position where we can get a work permit um you know that we do I forget sometimes you know that we've got these various players scattered around who who Genuinely may be able to come back and do a job for us as well, but yeah, I think it's entirely possible they may announce something a little bit special. And then on top of that, we obviously are waiting to see when Nike announce, um, you know, our our partnership and various different things. There's the rumours that they're going to wait for the next international break and announce something big. In terms of tie-ups with, I don't know, LeBron James and uh, various other people. So, yeah, I think I think the next couple of months could be could be fascinating in that yeah. in that. So we have covered a lot of ground today, ladies. I'm um, conscious we have uh, spent a lot of time talking, Are there any other business, any final things you want to throw into the pot before we draw this latest pod to a close? Uh, Martin Lee, let me start with you.
1: Um, the one thing I just kind of wanted to draw attention to really was, I know, like, we laugh at the derby and I know we smashed them 5-2, but I think especially this week, um, the friendly derby really came out with the banners about Hillsborough and Duckenfeld. Um in particular the one that kind of stretched across the two um you know across the kind yeah, of um, the section,
2: um, Yeah, the away section. Yeah, the
1: away and the home section, yeah. they've made it so it kind of fitted. Um and also the Duckenfeld is a swat
2: in blue. Yes. I
1: just thought, you know, it was mm. a good it was a good time to have the derby for Liverpool fans and and it kind of and I, we were talking <laughs> here about kind of those particular times, you know, the two the two young mm-hmm. children after the yeah. inquest and then, um, after, um, Rich Jones when they played their cars at yeah. Anfield and, and just kind of that was, that brought all of that back. And it was a really nice chat that we kind of had on the table about all of those little, those, those gestures and, and, you know, that setting us, us meaning Liverpool and Everton, setting us apart from, uh, the kind of other derbies around the country, I
2: think. Yeah, and um, I I agree. I think there was some I think there were some lovely touches because it impacted, you know, as well as it you know it being about Liverpool Football Club, it impacted the city and in terms of how people were viewed. And you're right, you know, Reese Jones and um, you know, there's there's lots of examples in terms of it sometimes things are more important than football than you can come together, so yeah there was some there some lovely moments in that, and you know our our kind of love and thoughts go to the families and the campaigners I'm not quite sure what happens after this you sort of get to the stage where you think what more do they have to do so um yeah i I hope they you know they find out where they where they want to go next if at all and if they want to draw a line. Them, you know, we support them in whatever they want to do. But uh, it's been a, it's been a long road, and it doesn't look like it's it's coming to an end anytime soon. So, uh, yeah, our our best wishes um, and thoughts go to them. So thanks for raising that, Molly. Randy, any any last thoughts from you on anything? Uh, yeah. Well, I
0: was. Now when we talk about Hillsborough, this becomes a bit stupid. But I mean, my two takeaways that I was going to lift was just a fresh and alive cater It's something that I can use for optimism going forward. And also, I must say that our um, department of, uh, what are they called? Medical department? Mm-hmm. is very, very impressive. I must say, I mean, Shaq coming back looking 20 years younger with his new hair. That really also is very optimistic <laughs> for the future. <laughs> I think that's brilliant. Look at him though. He
2: looks absolutely a character. So <laughs> does, I, I I, know we've gone from the sublime to the ridiculous here, but do, is I know. that... Con- I, know, I know we're all looking at his hairline going, hmm, that looks different. Do we? Yeah. He's had a hair transplant. He
0: has. Or I- he's got a very nice looking wig. I don't know what what was going on, but definitely something.
2: Well, do you know what? If maybe it's a stance and Delilah thing. If that makes him play better, along yeah. with off injury, then then more power to him. Um, yeah, and and over and above that, and I guess it's it's a it's a slight adjunct to what you said, um, but the. For me, I just wanted to sort of talk a little bit, well, just mention the fact that apparently uh, Anfield is not getting England internationals, uh, allegedly, because yeah. of uh, our private dispute in inverted commas with the Sun newspaper and our refusal to have the journalists um, there. I believe the FA have come out and said that was not the main reason and there were, there were other criteria. I can't imagine what they are on the basis that Anfield, even before it was developed, had England internationals there held at the ground um, and were able to successfully host concerts in the summer and do the rugby league, like special weekend, whatever they call it. So... As far as I'm concerned, I'm not really that fussed about what the reason is. If the FA don't want England internationals to be played at Anfield, that's fine by me. I don't want England games played at Anfield because I think half of their fans are a bunch of arseholes, frankly. And people turning up and start chanting about no surrender to the IRA and stand up if you hate the Scots or whatever else. Um, Uh We don't need any more of that jingoistic nonsense at Anfield So frankly, good riddance Um, And if you could not pick any Liverpool players for England as well Because you don't know how to look after nice things anyway Thank you very much, FA, I'd much appreciate it On
0: that
2: note um, (laughs) I would like to say thank you both Um, I appreciate we've we've had a bit of a long chat But it has been a while Since we've been together So thanks very much for joining me on this latest pod Um, Thank you Listeners for sticking by us Um, I would like to point out We are top of the league But I've been saying that all season And hopefully I'll be saying it For a little while longer
0: Life goes on day after day Hearts torn in every way So ferry across the Mersey Cause this land's the place I love And here I'll stay